When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles, and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Mike Templeton. I'm Cody Tuckett. Okay, we we can work on that. We can work on that. I thought we were going with Kmart, Mike. You know... No, I mean, that that gag's done. I think Cody has earned the right to by his proper name. Exactly. (laughs) I've I've pondered how long I wanted to keep that going. In my heart of hearts, I would be Kmart, Mike, for the rest of my life. No. <laughs> well, you see, the thing, Cody, is you've moved is up to Coles, Mike. Coles, oh no! I think Coles <laughs> is way worse than Kmart ever was. Kmart had a fantastic toy section. Well, you know what? Speaking of, yeah, Kmart has an exclusive turtle, you know, mutant mayhem toy toy box coming. So, where is who has Kmart still? That's a good Australia. question. Uh, we had I, a Kmart yeah. here in Southern California for a little bit. I. think I'm pretty sure it's gone now. Because Sears bought Kmart, right? Did they? they? Or I don't know if they always owned Kmart, but I believe at some point Sears bought Kmart. I could be Sears, Mike. Um, But yeah, and then Sears went under. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be Sears. I worked at Sears for a week. Really? Yeah, I quit because they didn't train me. And I just, I used to, I was selling barbecues and like lawnmowers to people, despite never having done either of those things. Yeah, I remember when I used to sell produce, well, not sell, but I was in the produce department. <laughs> people would like ask me these questions thinking I would like know everything about the produce there. And it's just like, I'm like a 20 year old kid. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Do I look like I eat bananas? I don't know. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> I got someone be like, what's the difference between the sweet potatoes and the yams? I'm like, well, uh, the yams are uh, orange. <laughs> like, I think that was there. a trick question. Gotcha there. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know. And then I'd good. be like, there was one time, I don't think they appreciated it, but I was kind of like, I said it more in a more polite way, but I was kind of just like, you know, Google's a thing, right? Like, Wow! Rude. Why, why are you I asking? Slap that? him in the face! <laughs> I didn't. But what, I was like, "What a rude child this kid is!" I, I just. Well, I think I said like, "I actually, I'm not sure." Like, and I asked him like, "Have you tried googling it?" <laughs> like, it wasn't in a rude way. I was just kind of like, "You know, I'm not sure." But have you tried googling it? Like, why? Googling. Why are we depending? 
Why are we depending on 20-year-olds for information on vegetables? I, I will never know. I don't Have you mess with just the learning it yourself? Do, do you think that the manager like really sat down with me and was like, all right, here's everything you need to know? <laughs> the worst was when they would check out and they'd be like, that actually wasn't parsley. I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah. Do I look like I know what a vegetable is? Just like, oh, yeah. it all costs about the same. Just pay for it and get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, Please. yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm not going to run inventory on this, guys. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spencer, what are we doing this week? Department stores. Um, this week, this week, we are covering Season 8 of the 1987 series. Episodes 4, 5, 6, and 8. Yes, that's right. No. They're out of order. <laughs> uh, so, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that we covered crying. seven in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Confusing. <laughs> you, can, you can listen to the last episode if you want an explanation. Yeah. So the, the episodes today are Cry Havoc, Havoc in the Streets, Enter Krakus, and Turtle Trek. So the final four episodes of season eight. <laughs> it, it's yeah, so weird that we along. just started last week and now we're finishing this week. Yeah. We're, we're Netflix flying season. through this season. Netflix season, yeah. God, I wish all the seasons had been like this. Oh, Me man. too. But we're we're gonna finish this whole series this year, guys. Like within within like you know a month or two. I I am so excited. You have no idea. Yeah, because like yeah. after after this, there's only sixteen more episodes. Yeah. Like. Oh really? Wow. Each the two other seasons are both eight and eight. Nine mm-hmm. and ten or eight and eight. Dang. So we might have to we might have to use you a little bit longer, Cody. I'm very usable. <laughs> I am dirty gum, as we know, so it's endlessly. Uh, there you go. How do you reuse dirt? Anyway. You hit it off the bottom of the table. So who's up first tonight? I believe I am. So The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master. Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. Cry Havoc, written by David Weiss. It aired sometime in the 90s. We can never really be sure. Byrne Thompson continues his smear campaign against the Ninja Turtles, accusing them for the mysterious abductions of a dozen people over the past month. Meanwhile, three thugs are robbing a jewelry store, but are stopped by the Turtles. One thug pulls out a blaster, and Leonardo destroys it with his sword and catches him before he gets away. Another one had a crowbar, but is disarmed by Raphael. The last one, with the bag of jewels, is caught by Donatello. Raphael collects the gold and jewelry while Michelangelo tied the thugs up. Before they can flee, the police arrive to arrest them and force the turtles to surrender and throw down their weapons. They even make Michelangelo, who doesn't have a weapon, throw his rope and grapple hook down. Before the police can cut the turtle... Before the police can cuff the turtles, they are stopped by two mutants, a muck, a giant goat man, and Overdrive, an annoying speedster. Overdrive uses his super speed and seizes the officer's guns and a muck hurling a police car at them. As they allow the turtles to escape, a muck says, Welcome to Havoc. A man at a bus stop is seemingly abducted by a passing garbage truck. As the turtles escape, they recall how they are almost arrested for stopping a robbery and they can't trust humans, stating the only guys who have done them favors lately are those two mutants. Then they are in just then they are just in time to halt a robbery at a historical museum filled with priceless treasures. When the two crooks slide inside on a rope, the turtles pull them up. As they try to escape, Raphael throws his size and pins one robber, while the other is caught by Michael while the other is caught by Michelangelo's turtle line. As the robber is being pulled in, he cuts the line, causing Michelangelo to lose his balance and fall off the roof. 
but he is saved by a bird mutant named Raptor. The other turtles meet down below and are greeted by the mutants. They explain that they're part of a group called Highly Advanced Variety of Creatures, or Havoc, and their goal is to protect mutants who are shunned by humans. They invite the turtles to their headquarters. The turtles are unsure at first, but accompany them anyway. They arrive at an underground facility under the waterfront, where Demonicus takes them to their leader of the organization, Titanus. Titanus is seen laying on a large, royal-like bed, eating a bowl of fruit as he welcomes the turtles. He explains he created a sanctuary for mutants that were outcast by humans because of their special talents. He asks the turtles to join them. They ask for a moment to consider, which Titanus gladly obliges. Leonardo is uncertain about these strange mutants, such as how they can afford such fine furniture, where they come from, with Michelangelo agreeing the mutants are usually bad news, and how they treated the police. Raphael points out that mutants help the turtles, and they finally realizes that highly advanced variety of creatures stands for Havoc. He knows something isn't right. They call April, ask her what she knows. She says that Havoc is a pro-mutant organization, and they are supposed to appear at Channel 6 to talk about the mysterious abductions. She also adds that there have been lab break-ins lately, but weirdly nothing was stolen. Leonardo suggests they investigate, but Donatello and Raphael are fed up with saving humans and being rejected in return. They refuse to do so anymore. Leonardo refuses to stop doing what's right just because it's not appreciated. At odds with each other, the turtles split up. Leonardo and Michelangelo leave to investigate, worried the show will be half as long next week, while Donatello and Raphael remain at Havoc headquarters, where Titanus allows them to look around while he prepares for his mutant representative's appearance at Channel 6. Leonardo and Michelangelo arrive at the lab looking like a tornado has hit it, but nothing has been taken. Leonardo takes out a city map and points out that three labs have been hit, and assuming the next lab is the city university, they set off to get the drop on them. Donatello and Raphael continue to look around the Havoc base until they come to a door that says, Do not enter. Donatello hears a machine of some sort from the inside and begins to hack the door panel. Donatello hotwires the panel and gets the door open, where he and Raphael watch as two mutants, Magma and Seizure, are turning the man from the bus stop into a mutant. At Channel 6, April brings in Amok, Demonicus, and Raptor for the TV segment. The mutants are fed up with Burn for spreading rumors about mutants, so they take Burn and April prisoner. Discovering that Havoc doesn't protect mutants but makes them, Raphael and Donatello immediately confront Magma and Seizure who seal them away. Raphael attempts to hold Seizure off, but Seizure extends his arms and grabs him, while Magma throws a fireball at Donatello's staff, burning it. He too is captured. At the City University, two mutants, High Beam and Overdrive, have found what they've been looking for, a lens. Leonardo and Michelangelo arrive, they get knocked away by Overdrive, who grabs the lens, while High Beam fires his heat ray at the floor to keep the turtles from following them. The floor starts on fire and spreads, trapping Leonardo and Michelangelo in the burning lab. The fire continues to spread, Michelangelo tries to put out the fire with a beaker of nitroglycerin, which causes it to explode and blow out the fire. Leonardo and Michelangelo head back to Havoc's base. Meanwhile, Caesar has brought Donnie and Raph to Titanus, who is very displeased. He offers them protection, and they turned against him. He even states that mutating humans is improving them, as humans are inferior to mutants, and any mutant who opposes Havoc is a traitor. Titanus gives them one last chance to join him or meet their end, but the turtles refused and are pulled away by Caesar. In the mutation room, Demonicus and Overdrive report that they have Channel 6 prisoners and the equipment. When the two mutants left to set up the transmitter, the door behind them begins to close. April kicks a pipe to keep it from closing, her and Burn pry it open and exit. She finds a screwdriver on the floor and uses it to pick the lock on the handcuffs. Caesar throws Donatello and Raphael into a Star Wars-like trash compactor. The water begins to flood. Soon they will be jettisoned into the river. They bang on the hatch to get out. The sound from below draws April and Burn's attention to the hatch. They manage to get them out just in time. Titanus discovers their human captives have escaped. He orders a muck in overdrive to find them while he finishes the mutation generator. 
Leonardo and Michelangelo made it back to Havoc's base only to encounter a muck overdrive and a raptor. Leo and Mikey being overwhelmed until the arrival of Donatello, Raphael, April, and Burn, Raphael throws his sigh at a chandelier which lands on top of Raptor. Donatello leaps over a muck and forces him to crash into a wall. Michelangelo uses the turtle line to pull a dresser in front of Overdrive, who runs through, slips, and smashes into a wall. Donatello and Raphael learn that Havoc wasn't as friendly as they thought, but they have bigger problems, the mutation ray and the stolen equipment. Donatello has a hunch what they're up to, and they return to the mutation room to stop Titanus. The transmitter and lens have been installed to the generator, which will mutate anyone caught in it just by pointing it up. Titanus will have any. Titanus will have an army of mutants when the night is over. The turtles come into the room and are able to knock the lens from the generator with Raphael's sigh. The turtles are no match for Titanus, however's size and strength. The turtles use another strategy: the principles of judo. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And when someone pushes, you pull. They taunt Titanus into trying to smash them. When he gets close enough, the turtles pull him in and throw him into the generator, breaking it. Back at the surface, Byrne is grateful for the turtles for saving him in April, but he is enraged when the turtles inform him that his transmitter has been destroyed. Realizing how much it will cost to replace, he tells the turtles that this is the second time they've knocked Channel 6 off the air. He asks if mutants can be sued. The turtles suspect they have put a debt in Havoc, but not shut them down. Leonardo suspects they certainly have not seen the last of Titanus. The end. Bum bum bum. All right, I'm up next. We have Havoc in the Streets, original air date, allegedly October 15th, 1994, written by the late, great David Wise. So the Havoc mutants are breaking into an aircraft facility, only to be ambushed by the turtles. They fight, but then Mikey gets distracted and starts up a small jet engine that lets the bad guys get away. The other turtles are ticked off at him since he never takes anything seriously. The Havoc mutants go back to Titanus and reveal that they're trying to get his Flux Transformer, which will give them control over space and time, but it's stored in a military facility. They will need to construct the Sky Platform to steal it. Titanus also reveals that the mutants broke out a gangster from prison and transform him into Synapse, a mutant of pure energy, to distract the turtles while they construct the Sky Platform. Synapse goes through electrical wires into the turtle's lair to wreak havoc, then goes topside and takes over a wrecking ball vehicle to attack them. They manage to get Synapse out of the machine, but he just takes over a van and tries to crush them. Michelangelo gets separated from the group while he's goofing off, and Synapse is giving the other three a run for their money. He gets into the phone lines and goes to Channel 6 to distract the turtles, wrecking their makeshift station. He takes over the newscopter and the turtles grab on and fly away. He then crashes into a nearby recycling facility and keeps trying to kill the turtles with elaborate death traps. Meanwhile, the Havoc mutants are able to build the Sky Platform in an automated factory. Michelangelo just happens to come across the factory, but he's captured by the Havoc mutants. The three turtles at the recycling facility manage to escape and attack Synapse. They figure out that they can redirect Synapse's blasts back at him, and Donatello comes up with a plan to use this to push him towards a ham radio. Once he goes into the radio, Donatello is able to launch him into deep space. Michelangelo escapes just after the Havoc mutants take off in the sky platform. He then steals a jet plane and comes to pick up the rest of the turtles. They infiltrate the sky platform and are able to trick the mutant high beam into shooting his eye lasers at the main engine, and the sky platform crushes and crashes into a cliff while the turtles jump to safety. Back in the sewer layer, the turtles wonder what Titanus was trying to get at at the base. April calls to tell them it was a flux transformer, which worries Donatello because it can bend time and space. They all agree to stop Titanus. The end.
But is it really the end? Because it's it's kind of not. Because it's kind of continued in my episode. Number six. Enter Krakus. <laughs> this episode maybe premiered on October 22nd of 1994. It definitely w- aired in 1994. Uh, this episode is also written by David Wise. So... The Turtles are now trying to figure out why Titanus would want the Flux Transformer when they notice that the government is moving it to a new secure location. The Turtles apparently don't trust the government to protect it, so they send April to tail it to its new location so that they can protect it instead. While she does that, the Turtles go to fight the Havoc Mutants. In a battle with some of them, they are attacked by a cop in futuristic-looking armor. His name is Krakus. And he thinks that our story's heroes are in league with Havoc. They evade him, but are baffled at where he could have gotten that high-tech equipment. April's plan to tail the Flux Transformer is a bust after it's airlifted by a helicopter she can't follow. The Turtles have to resort to other means now. They sneak into a government building to steal the info, but still end up setting an alarm off. Krakus shows up in response, but this time the Turtles manage to beat him. He's now obliged to tell them his origin. He's a cop from the future, chasing after a criminal from the future, Titanus. In the future, mutants are illegal because Titanus had a whole army of them. April catches up to the Turtles, and we learn that she will save Krakus's father one day. So now, he trusts the Turtles, since she and them are friends. Titanus learns of both the location of the Flux Transformer and the presence of Krakus, so he sends a squad after each. Krakus and April have split off from the Turtles, so when Krakus is defeated by the evil mutants that attack him, they destroy his tech and kidnap April. The Turtles find Krakus and head to Havoc HQ to get April and the successfully stolen Flux Transformer. When they get there, it's empty. Titanus has left a message for them, though. He will use the Flux Generator as part of a time machine to bring his army from the future here, and he's going to kill April at a steel mill. He's going to do all this at a steel mill. Krakus asks the Turtles to use the Havoc tech at the Havoc HQ to mutate him so that he can save April. They agree, and he turns into a giant troll creature. They go to the steel mill and rescue April while Titanus gets his portal open. Donatello is luckily able to wrest control of the portal before Titanus' mutant army can get through it, and they open it up to a different time. Leo ends up picking up Titanus in a forklift and shoving him through the portal into prehistoric times. Krakus' mutation has worn off, and now, since they have a time machine, they can send him back to the time he's supposed to be in. And so they do that for him and send him off, and the world is saved from havoc. The end. Riveting. Finishing out Season 8, we have Turtle Trek. David Wise on the writing and airing probably on November 5th, 1994. Despite interference from the Turtles, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady successfully install an energy transmitter inside the power relay station and escape unharmed. Back at the lair, the Turtles argue as to whose fault it might be that Shredder and company got away again. Splinter suggests that they spend less time considering how to get Shredder and more time doing good deeds, which confuses the Turtles. Meanwhile, over at the Hall of Science, 
Krang activates his new dimensional portal thanks to Shredder's installation of the energy transmitter at the power relay station, giving him access to Dimension X. After Donatello's equipment registers a power surge emanating from the Hall of Science, they set out to investigate, only to find the place empty and the dimensional portal turned on. The turtles surmise that Krang, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady have journeyed to Dimension X, but they aren't sure why. Before they can ponder any more as to the reason why, they hear a voice crying for help. That voice belongs to an alien from Dimension X named Gargan. He claims that Krang has abducted him from Dimension X and used him to test a new experimental mutagen. Feeling sorry for Gargan, the turtles free him and the alien agrees to help him find Shredder in Dimension X. But once they arrive there, it seems as if Gargan has leading them on a wild goose chase, going from planet to planet before being attacked by aliens and monsters, being dropped in the middle of a war, but never finding Shredder or Krang. Eventually, it's revealed that Gargan has actually led them into a trap. Shredder arrives in the Technodrome and rewards Gargan by using his retro mutagen cannon and transforms Gargan back to his normal self. Gargan apologizes to the turtles and pleads for their forgiveness. But just as Shredder is about to transform the TMNT back into ordinary pet shop turtles, Gargan saves them, allowing the turtles to destroy the Technodrome's engines and return to Earth via the dimensional portal. This leaves Shredder, Krang, Bebop, and Rock City tramped in Dimension X for good, just as a giant tentacled creature drags the Technodrome into a giant pit and tries to eat it. Back at the lair, the turtles reflect on the day's events and then proceed to argue over who gets to decide to watch on TV that night. Leonardo ends season eight by suggesting that they just read a good book instead. Riveting. What a way to end this season. What a way to end the arc with Krang and Shredder and all of them. Yeah, I don't know. If, do Shredder and Krang? I, oh, never mind. Krang does definitely appear in, in later. Shredder and we'll, we'll get into that in a uh, second time around. All righty. Well, what are we waiting for then? Let's head over there. Hey, uh, nice junk. All right, second time around, Cry Havoc. This is also the name of a movie from the 40s, Cry Havoc. It's also it might be a reference to a Julius Caesar. He says, yeah. Cry Havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Oh. In fact, actually, that is exactly the reference that they were going for with this. Ah, look at that. See? There we go. I don't have that substantiated anywhere. I'm just saying that's exactly <laughs> it. There's actually a few things that kind of remind me of the 2003 series in in these three. Episodes. Oh, big surprise! Yes, well, <laughs> one is there's a mutant called Raptor. Yeah, and there's another character in the 2003 series also called Raptor that's like a bird man, uh, like a guy with wings, and and there ends up being like a whole world above our world with people with wings. Uh, you know that it ends up leading to in an episode. He becomes a member of the Justice Force. So that that part is kind of interesting like there there are things that i think that people who worked on the 2003 series who were fans of like the 87 series like kind of like sneaked in there for sure for sure little things here and there because the other thing that i think has happened is titanus is kind of like garbage man like he he's picking up like uh i don't know like both of them are kind of like you know rejects or whatever else like the the whole motto of havoc at least at the very beginning is that you know they're rejected by society and so that's why they're like fighting against it and fighting camaraderie with one another there's that there's that theme of being rejected it also just could be because they're large and disgusting that uh you know that, that makes me think of garbage man but i don't know i feel like there's like a little bit of crossover there well garbage man is straight up 
like Mon is it Mondo from the X Men? Mojo. 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 Yeah. Mondo is a gecko. <laughs> and in this show. Yeah. yeah but I I can kind of see the Titanus Mojo connection there. And then the yeah. other the other bit of like crossover we have with other series is that Havoc is a lot like the Mutanimals. Uh, which yeah. I think is why we've never seen Havoc ever come up as a thing because the Mutanimals exist and that's kind of mm. what we use instead of Havoc. Yeah, it is very much like kind of like old hob team kind of stuff mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. It does know. make me realize this block of episodes that um the Turtles mutations went pretty much as good as it gets in the mutation world because you can end up much worse off. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, these mutants are insane. And they're like <laughs> they're named they're named like they're He Man characters too. Yeah. Because like Seizure, who's a guy who like seizes people. Ah, uh, Seizure is so cool. I think I, I, I want a toy of Seizure. And you know what? He's voiced it in the same guy also does uh but it's Squidward. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Squidward. It's Squidward from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. It's that no actor. Yeah. Wow. Wait. Who? You just broke Mike's brain. Squidward? Uh, no, I from... know Squidward. I know Squidward. Yeah, Roger Bumpus. That's almost as good a name as Krakus. I don't see right? that. I don't see that name in the in the cast list. I don't know what you're looking at, so I can't. I'm looking. Debate, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the cast. The cast list is Ron Feinberg is seizure. I'm looking at appearing in Havoc in the Streets. Seizure. Roger, Roger Bumpus. Roger Bumpus. That's a really unfortunate. Oh, last name. So Cry yeah, Havoc seizure is played by <laughs> Cry Havoc seizure is played by Ron Feinberg, who played Titanus in Havoc in the Streets. Seizure is played by Roger Bumpus. Uh, okay. Oh. So we're both right. That's so the weird thing about right. these episodes. Like the continuity pulls them all together. So it's you almost have to talk about them all as like one block. Yeah, yeah like it, it really did make a trilogy. Like it, it's the Havoc trilogy. It would have made more sense if uh, Cody and I had watched them all in one shot instead of one episode <laughs> last week and then one and two episodes this week. Um, yeah. That would have it would have flowed a little bit better. But I'm not going to count that as an anchovy. Because that's that's me. That's on me. Right. This episode also weirdly had a VHS release in like '96, but the VHS itself uses the old turtles, like the original, uh, cartoony turtles, not the new like tough ones, and has Shredder on the cover. So, well, yeah, and and also to be, I I mean, to be fair, the DVD also uses the old cartoony turtles. Yeah, it is a shame. I mean, the DVD, these DVDs, they really. I don't need to, I mean, artwork's hard, but they really, like, kind of phoned in the artwork. Oh, yeah. They're just cartoony versions of the 2007 poses, right? Red Sky. We God, need... that, blew, that blew my mind when you pointed that out. <laughs> that really broke that, me. I know that. I, I had never seen that before. It was on Reddit. I'm like, oh, my it's God. Like now I can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, let's see. No Shredder, no Krang in this episode. And in this episode, unlike in the past, they can't breathe underwater. Turtles. So These it, is, new, it is weird how we go back and forth. Turtles. It is because like just a few episodes ago we had uh you know the Mer dude uh when they went to Atlantis and it's like they were just swimming underwater like nothing. Right. Talking everything. Yeah. It just it doesn't fit the, the red sky grit. That's true. Probably yeah, it's probably too cartoony for the tough turtles of this is, this is an adult sky. show now. 
All right, so that brings us to Havoc in the Streets. I don't really have any notes for this one. Yeah, this the one the, I have is No Shredder, No Kring. The final, well, they're mentioned in this episode. But yeah, they're not in this episode. Uh, Splinter is also not in this episode. Uh, this is the final appearance of the gruesome twosome of Burn and Vernon. Yes. Oh, wow. They totally abandoned like the news being anti mutant plot thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does Irma make another appearance or is this her last episode too? Uh, it doesn't list this as her final, as her final appearance, but I don't even remember her being in this episode. <laughs> That's true. Maybe we've already so missed now, her last yeah, episode. Now I'm yeah. kind of worried that we already missed Irma, Irma's last episode. <laughs> it it might've been, uh, was she in Shredder Triumphant? If it wasn't yeah, because she, she went all Rambo, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She got, she got her. That might have been her last actually. appearance. I feel like she was. Wasn't she in Get Shredder or like one of the early, one of the ones we lost watched last week? I thought she was in. No, it showed Burn and I think Burn and Vern, but I don't think it showed Irma. I think she was totally absent. Her last oh, wow. episode might have been Shredder Triumphant. You could actually make a headcanon because you know. Channel 6 has been financially devastated two episodes in a row or multiple episodes in a row. So, you know, they had to cut back on staff and eventually they probably just folded. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let like, all right, we go. lost our helicopter. That was the last thing we had worth money. And they destroyed their camera. That's actually a really good headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I, I was pondering that where he gets his funding from to repeatedly rebuild. It doesn't say that's her final episode. So. Oh. All right. But, well, maybe we'll get this here again. I can't find like her final her final appearance yet. So hopefully we'll hopefully we haven't missed it because I would be really sad. We wait with bated breath. All right, enter Krakus. What enter Krakus. What a name. Is Krakus <laughs> supposed to be Judge Dredd? I like, uh... I was getting I was getting like RoboCop, but also yeah, kind of Judge Dredd, I guess. Yeah, like but also kind of Terminator. <laughs> But also yeah, kind yeah. of Terminator. Like, what a weird character. It's kind of like they just combined, like, a whole bunch of ideas from all of the, like, 80s pulp movies. And, hmm. and he's still kind of, like, vaguely into one thing. Vaguely <laughs> and then like, Arnold. And then, like, coming from the year 2066, like, that was... <laughs> like, and then And then, like, having April specifically, like, save his father. That's very Terminator, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that part's the Terminator part, and then you've got, like, I don't know, like I said, the whole thing to me feels very, like, they kind of combined all those ideas together into one. But yeah, who saw that plot twist of Titanus also being from the future? I thought there was something weird about because, like, his mutations were so different from what we've seen before, and he himself is so different, but I yeah, didn't expect future cr- criminal man. That was... And I kind of, I kind of wish that like they had dived into it a little bit more. Cause like we talked about how like unique those mutations were like, it would be so cool if they had like, kind of like, yeah, why are those mutations so different? And it's like, Oh, because it's entirely different. It's not just a mutagen. Right. It's a mutagen ray. Keith, there's like some chirping in the background. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if that. I'm so sorry. That's my cat. Okay. Okay. I just yeah. picture Keith in like his villain chair as he strokes yeah, his like, cat. I just hear like a well, rah. listener. 
just just tolerate the cat because cats are adorable. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's he, fine now. I'm gonna leave this in. He was Not raised guilty. by bullfrogs. I don't. Come on, man, get off the chair. <laughs> Bruh. I knocked him. He was on the back of the chair that's behind me. Now he's on the main cushion. So hopefully it won't be so bad. I apologize. Oh, oh no, don't it's ever, fine. Don't apologize. It's fine. No, don't apologize. Not guilty. You, you fine. I redact that. any and all apologies I've ever given. No, not all of them. <laughs> What's oh, the God. opposite of an apology? We've created, we created a monster. <laughs> uh, let's see. Other notes I have. They trapped Titanus in dinosaur times, which if I had a nickel, they did this to Savanti Romero as well. Ooh, that's true. They're, yeah, they're really playing with fire. I mean, because now he just has, it's like unlimited Batman prep time. Well, yeah, exactly. Like we've seen, we've seen what happens. You know what happened when Homer Simpson messed with dinosaurs and the effects that had on the future. Like, he, like slapped a mosquito or something. Yeah, he smacked yeah. his. He, he smacked a mosquito. He sneezed on a T Rex. And he just went. Oh, I wish, I wish I hadn't sat on that fish. <laughs> yeah, and he just I goes like crazy. Yeah. Fish. <laughs> so That's yeah, good, like. You know, you put you put them you know put all these bad guys at the beginning of time. And it's like you've only given them pretty much anything they need to change the future into however they want it. So yeah, who I'm knows how sure. long Krakus or not Krakus? God, I can't get the, I can't get Krakus. I can't get Krakus out of my head. <laughs> it's such a funny name. It's such a weird yeah. And then Inter Krakus. It's like um yeah, Enter Krakus um, is a weird name. It's like a Ratchet and Clank <laughs> level pun, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Uh, no, that's man. exactly why I picked the episode. <laughs> so I, heard I heard you like name. struggling to get through it as, you, as soon as you said it. <laughs> no, like as soon as I heard the name, I was just like, mine, that one's mine. I'm taking Enter Krakus. There you go. <laughs> yeah, who knows how long Titanus could live, so... Turtles playing with fire. All right, moving on to Turtle Trek then. So, yeah, yeah, this is the end of Shredder and Krang as like the main bad guys. It's the final appearance of Bebop and Rocksteady. They get like literally tossed aside in the show. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's how they go out. Yeah, exactly. They they get tossed like Donatello just picks them up and like tosses them. Uh, Or was it Raph? One of the two. Did and anyone like, catch the unifying catchphrase of these episodes? Or really the whole series or season? I did not. Uh-uh. If it's the last thing we do. Almost in every episode, someone oh, yeah. utters, you know, they'll oh, wow. get you if it's the last I, thing I we do. I did notice they said the that twice use it, in this the episode. The turtles use it. They did say it specifically twice in this episode. Uh, Leonardo says it, and then, yeah, and then Shredder says it. Weirdly, I don't think they had mentioned pizza once this whole season. Well, they're too tough for pizza now. Too tough for pizza. (laughs) We ain't got time to eat. We're busy entering Krakuses. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, another thing to note is that I think this episode is the first time they mentioned the planet Bellerophon. So that's where the Technodrome is at uh, in this episode, and it will be its final resting place. Bellerophon yeah. uh, was also a level in the hit video game of 2022, Teenage Mutant Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, and it so will continue to be in 2003. Yeah, it'll continue to be So, you know, it's one of those things to uh, keep an ear out for. It's Bellerophon. Bellerophon. 
what episode was it where it was when they were in Ireland and Dimension X portal opens up and all those tentacles come out? Mm-hmm. In this episode, I think we I think this is the same tentacles. They're like purpley. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So what a weird like hentai monster too. They, oh, they mentioned it was like a plant or something too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how they knew that, but um also why is the technodrome brown like run yeah. season eight why are these color ed- edits still happening i wish Brain they had can like, no longer afford paint well right. it, i mean that's chroming it on his that's spare time. The, yeah that that all the paint got stripped off when it was uh in the black hole oh, this it wasn't power enough to destroy the technodrome just just the yeah, chrome. Just, it just it scratched, yeah, it just scratched off all the paint. <laughs> the black hole, the gravity resistant paint. Right, right. It was, it was one of those acetone black holes I've heard so much about. <laughs> it's real strong. It's you know, it's how they get it's how they get paint off cars. I wonder actually, would it take the paint off? I mean, it would all go in layers, so the paint would come off first. The spaghettification process. That's true. Yeah. Right. Right. If you're an astrophysicist, please let us know. <laughs> Only if you're an astrophysicist, though. Someone ping Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'd be like, hey, if we put a technodrome in a black hole. Yeah, how close to a black hole? I don't, I don't think he's um, an actual astrophysicist. I think he is. Yeah, he, he hosted that Carl Sagan show. Cosmos? <clears throat> yeah, yes, he's an American you. astrophysicist. Is he? Okay. All right. Like how then close maybe, would you have to get to the black stay hole? Stay in his lane, where it only takes the paint off and nothing else. That's true. Okay, so that's what we'll ask him. How close, <laughs> dear Mister DeGrasse Tyson? Mm-hmm. Oh, righty then. Are we ready for some anchovies? Yeah, let's talk about anchovies. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Okay, so cry havoc, guys. So there's a continuity error in this. Ooh, ooh, they've been doing so bow, well. Donnie's bow is destroyed, and then he ends up having it again later. And they're while they're running around in havoc's havoc's little lair. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. I clocked the the bow. I clocked the bow getting destroyed, and I'm just like, man, how is he making new bows all the time? He just got like. It's the room of the sewer layer we never see, where it's just like a small sawmill, where he's just like making dowels and stuff. He's got a lathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got like, yeah, a lathe and a saw, and he's just is just going at it. Yeah. yeah when like, I'm not building new technology. <laughs> yeah, that's like when he really can't be disrupted is when he's like polishing his. Anyway, uh, let's see. What else don't we like? I hate overdrive. Me too. He's so like, like the whole like I'm a speedster, so I'm like spastic and annoying. Yeah, Ugh. God, like it and works. Then, like and then like <laughs> sound like that yeah. stock sound and 
fast sound effect. Well, and they also, they can never animate him to look fast. He's always like slightly moving faster, but he never looks like fast. And maybe it's because I'm used to like seeing like the Flash cartoons or stuff where you're like, oh yeah, he's fast. Or or like they they didn't blur it. Like, you know, like the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons were already on at this time. And it's like they already, they use that same like fast sound like sound <laughs> yeah, and, but he's just like he's like walking he's, fast like, yeah he's just fast. walking fast it looks it looks like very flash, annoying, it looks like, like a flash movie like running the, which is Kim Clark uses that like flash movie, super yeah. duper annoying voice and laugh that's like way too high pitched yeah mm-hmm. yeah hate it no that that is my other anchovy as well glad glad to know that if there's one thing we can all agree on in the show it's that overdrive <laughs> Yeah, worst character. Incredibly annoying. Yeah. <laughs> also, why did the goat guy have like glowing finger tethers? Like everything else made sense except for that to me. Because he's a mutant. Because <laughs> he's a <laughs> <his> power. <laughs> I I guess that's as good an explanation as I will ever get. So yeah, I'll take it. it you know, that's that's the the force of Ninja Turtles. You know, in Star Wars, everyone's like, "How is this possible?" And you can just kind of be like, "Yeah, the force." Uh, in Ninja Turtles, oh, it's just he's a mutant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're mutants fair enough I think Leo is making stuff up on the map because on the map he's like showing like the progression of like the labs that have been hit and so it goes in a straight line and <laughs> suddenly he just goes like way off to the left like logically it goes there I think he's just bullshitting yeah totally I remember that <laughs> it's like he just ran on a map and he's like uh, it must be over this way <laughs> There's no way they would try and steal something that isn't on this map if they've already only robbed places on this map. (laughs) I deduce that it will be up here. Well, he's deduced that they have the same map as he does. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's only one map in New York that, you know, gets sold everywhere there. (laughs) The standard map. It's right along with the steam deliveries they get. Yeah. (laughs) We good to go into Havoc in the Streets, then? Yeah, this I don't know. This episode to me, like I thought, this was the weakest of the of the three Havoc episodes yeah. because it just feels like there's no Shredder, no Krang, but it just feels like Titanus is just exactly in their place right now. And like, I mean, you you could go through this episode and replace like the Havoc mutants with Bebop and Rocksteady and Titanus with Krang and you know the Sky Platform with whatever stupid machine Krang is trying to build to get the flux transformer like it's just very much the same episode we've seen before just with different characters well and on top of that we've already had episodes where things take control of technology that the turtles have to fight yeah Uh, we've had two episodes like that already and so this one it's like okay it's a it's a physical being that uh you know is the thing possessing this technology but nonetheless we've we've seen it before and even that's like like titanus is already at the point where he's like making other mutants to just distract the turtles, which is like what Krang and Shredder did all the time. Like the turtles would have <laughs> never known they were they were attacking, except that they also sent something stupid to fight them beforehand. So yeah, and Synapse doesn't he doesn't seem to mind being forcefully mutated. He seems like totally cool with it. Yeah, unless I missed something. But like, I also I think Turtlepedia mentions it's the he's the same like guy that they. One of the guys that they arrested in, in the very first episode, in their very first fight, like it's the same character design before he gets transformed, which is kind of cool. But that is cool. His transformation is kind of neat, but it did it did bug me 
So he, he becomes like pure electricity. And again, this is their problem with showing speed. He's mm-hmm. he's traveling through the wires and the turtles like watch him slowly go up. <laughs> <laughs> they like watch him the speed of not light anymore go through the, the wires. Yeah, this is also a show where like you know a, a character will shoot and Leonardo has time to take out his sword and reflect a laser blast. Yeah. That yeah, should be plastic. as fast as light, right? <laughs> you it's a plasma think. bolt. Plasma. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't like how they like Donatello shoots synapse into space. Like he, he's killed that guy. Yeah. Yeah. They and he's just so cavalier <laughs> about it. He's like, yeah, I just shot him into, into space indefinitely for the rest of his existence. No big deal. I mean, if he's made of electricity, he, you know, he probably doesn't need oxygen anymore. Right. Well, they True. say he'll, he'll ride the radio waves forever. Forever. Which is, <laughs> that's kind of a fate worse than death. Cause space, like you're not <laughs> running into anything ever. You, right. you have sent him to hell. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I also didn't like that Michelangelo gets free. So he's at, he's at the facility where they're making this guy a platform. He gets free, and right next door is a jet. And he takes the jet. And I'm like, why didn't Havoc just take the jet? Why did they need a sky platform? I, I, you know, good I question. Good question. These are the things that keep me up at night. <laughs> Why the jet? Explain Why the, the jet? jet. Explain it to me, David Wise. Anyway. <laughs> You're holding like a seance. To... <laughs> <laughs> Ouija board. Do they sell a Ninja Turtle Ouija board? Because that's how you contact David Wise. Oh, God. Oof. Okay. Uh, uh, episode six then Enter Krakus. Into Krakus. Again, Donatello, like, he grabs this thing that he thinks is a laser blaster from one of the mutants and points it at him point blank and tries to shoot him. It's like, when did Donatello get so kill happy? He's ruthless. Yeah. Uh, for me, we, we are starting to get a pattern with, like, uh, mutant and ninja hunters profiling the turtles as villains, you know? So, like, we had Dirk Savage. And then we had the guy from uh, Darkwater last week, mm-hmm. and and now we've got Krakus, who's just you know a enforcement guy that is now after the turtles because he thinks that they're bad, and then they end up reaching an understanding. Uh, I know it, it's kind of becoming a pattern for this show at this point. We've had like three characters who all kind of have yeah, that idea so, to them. Like the they did. Guy. They did add more to Krakus, granted, but. But still. Well, I mean, what I didn't like is when his armor gets like busted, he's just in like a sweater and khakis. <laughs> he's like, just, he's, like... just a, he's just a normal dude. <laughs> right. But he, like, like the your, normalist dude. <laughs> he's like your gym teacher in the history class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I spent all this time trying to get uh, asked that question then, Neil. Oh, really? <laughs> It's amazing. But yeah, like he's he's just like yeah, like old normal teacher sweater dude. Yeah, like he doesn't have like a special like undersuit or something that would like connect to the armor. It's just like Yeah, no, exactly. They just suit up, buddy, and go travel through the the past. 
Maybe they gave him those clothes to blend in. They're like, this is the style of the 1990s. That's it. He can't wear that. That's that actually makes sense. He can't just wear future clothes. That's true. He could disrupt the time stream. They could be like, that's what we're wearing in these many years. I will never let that happen. And then also like (laughs) Donatello, the giant armor thing is cool. That's that's fine. Donatello, like setting the, the mutation beam to only work for like, a half or what how long did he say like a half hour two hours hours, i think two hours like has that always been a thing well he because krakis asks him like why don't you tell me and he's like i wasn't sure it would work i mean yeah like that's okay that that that's fair but it's like how traumatic is that too like you're he he goes through that you know thinking that you know this is going to be me forever He's mentally prepared. Maybe he kind of like, mentally it. prepared himself for that. Yeah, he seemed a little too eager to be mutated. I, I feel like I'd still mutated. be happy and to be myself again. You know, I don't know. But then again, I guess I don't want to be a giant troll monster. Mm. But also, like, just the act of like being mutated, like, just seems so destructive to your body. <laughs> you it's know, actually, it's so destructive yeah. to his body that the table grows with him as he mutates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, it's just wild. So. I did notice his mutated design. It, it remo- reminded me a lot of the Shogun Shote design, almost. Yeah, I can see that big old teeth and yeah. silvery armor. Yeah, Cody, that's the other section. That's second time around, not not anchovies. I mean, one more blunder and you're off the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> a month thin ice, a month thin. It's not like we on, do it every single week. Yeah, you're on thin season. ice. No, because <laughs> we edit all those. We we edit all those out. Yeah, I definitely never bring up, uh, you know, things that are supposed to be in other segments, <laughs> in a different segment ever. Never have I done that. None of us do that. Never use the wrong episode. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Are we ready for the turtle trek? What yeah. a boring kind of ending <laughs> to to eight seasons of, you know, of of the arc, you know? Like... If it felt like they were rushing through, you know, trying to introduce all these other characters that you never got, like, there was never any good payoff for the end of, like, the Shredder saga. It should have ended with the big trilogy, you know? That's that's where it Yeah, like, it should, I mean, it should have ended with the big trilogy, yeah, like, way back in, what, season four that was? Season, season three? three, I think, yeah. Yeah, yes. like, it should have ended that long ago. But it's yeah. like, this. this really just kind of felt so... Under like if you didn't know that that was the last appearance of like Bebop and Rocksteady and like Shredder and crying for a long time, um, like you would just think they'll they'll be back next week. Well, yeah, because as far as we know, like didn't the Technodrome get power and like clearly it had enough time or it had enough power to get out of that black hole? It's like how and is it was, this tentacle it driving, monster? And it was driving around. Yeah, how's this tentacle monster like completely destroyed it? Well, I don't. It's not the last appearance of Shredder and Krang. We'll see them again no, that, in the that's next what I, season. So. That's what I said. Like it, it's we'll we'll see them, but we won't see them until season ten. Mm. That's that's what I'm saying. Like you know, when you when season nine starts, you know, we get Lord Drag. You know, so it's like we don't. We're not going to. So as far as you know, this is the end of Shredder and Krang. Hmm. So it just it just feels like really kind of underwhelming that it's like. You know they that they're just gone. I didn't like like the very first fight here, 
where Leo gets hit with Bebop's wrist-mounted crossbow and gets stuck to the clock by his belt. Yeah, yeah his like has... super stretchy belt all yeah. of a sudden. It's like yeah. laughy Yeah, what was that? Everything my... about that sequence, I was like, well, this is just stupid. My, my oh, it wife... was kind of horrific because there is like real panic in his eyes that he's about to get crushed. Yeah. It's only... interesting because even Shredder almost looks panicked. <laughs> I, for a second, I, don't know, like, I don't know why it radiated that to me, but it gave no, me that no, energy. No, I saw that too because it looks like I like it looked like Shredder had a doubt. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill him! Like, yeah. I just I don't know how I feel about this. And and then after that, like a sword comes in and chops it. I legit thought like Shredder had a second thought and was like, I can't kill this guy, and he chops mm-hmm. him free himself. But apparently, it was one of the it. other turtles. I can't kill it. A child, a teenager. Yeah. yeah, like he seemed like really like kind of like, oh, that's too far even for me. Yeah. He's like, all I My... ever wanted to do is demutate these guys. Like the turtle soup thing was just big talk. Okay, guys, so, like, like who... tone him back a little bit. So like who cut his belt though? It was the turtles. It was the other turtles. Kind of... Yeah, the it was turtles. Mikey. It was Mikey just wanted to hold a weapon. It was a sword. Once. So it's like and Shredder was the only one holding a sword at the time. I just assumed like Leo's sword was just off to the side. Like, yeah, like I mean, it probably yeah. was one of the turtles, but it's like the way that camera shot like panned to like Shredder, and he seemed like nah, like this is too gross I really, even I, for me. I legit did think Shredder freed him. Like, like it I really felt like Shredder, like yeah, it really felt like Shredder had had stepped in to, to do that. Um, this was this was the only episode of Red Sky that my wife watched with me, uh, and she was like, "Why is it so slow?" Like the action. She's like, why is everything in that factory so slow? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, honestly, this probably would have been a much better episode if they had been like, yeah, we're going to have Shredder actually suddenly like not actually want the turtles to die. You know, he's going to have developed some weird relationship with them. Well, it's like, it's like Joker fighting them for so long. He needs the turtles. Mm -hmm. He needs the turtles. I don't know. Like it could have been so much more interesting if they would have decided to do something like that. Well, yeah. Like if you had done like a Joker Batman kind of thing where like they need each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where did you all get that wrist mounted arrow? He got it from Scarlet from GI Joe. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Can so we talk? About... He's used every single laser blaster. Why? Sorry. Yeah, like, go like ahead. why? No, why the wrist-mounted crossbow all of a sudden? Yeah. You just want. Some, it's cool. It's too cool. Like he, whenever he got it, he knew. Like you have to. He's been waiting to whip that out in a battle. This is one of those like when we talk about how how game changing Batman the animated series was. It was so game changing that they were like, "All right, Poison Ivy can use this saying, thing. We're going to give know, it like... to Bebop. They're about the same character, right? We'll, we'll do that." I don't see any difference. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy femme fatale bebop. Right. King of Atlantis bebop. Yeah. yeah King of Atlantis bebop. You're right. So. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, can we talk about the turtles severe weakness to arm grabs? If anybody <laughs> ever tries to grab them, like it, like the turtles kryptonite is just grabbing them. Cause like They're you grab grapplers. them and hold them. You hold them in your arms, the turtles, of, they can't break out. They're just struggling limp fish every they're, single time. They are not grapplers. You know, they are strictly <laughs> weapon use. Yeah, there's you know, no throws. In the distance. Yeah, no throws at all. No, they didn't learn any wrestling moves. No, yeah. Terrible grapplers. Yeah, like, uh, seizure is basically their perfect enemy. Yeah. 
Well, I think that happened to Toka during the uh, Dirk Savage episode. Like both My two of the turtles just like grab him, and he's like, "Help! I'm disabled." <laughs> so it might just I be a new turtle it. thing. I can't in believe they hurt my friend Toka. My friend Toka. My good my friend. friend Toka. My good friend. My Toka. only friend. <laughs> Look, food. Toka, you're my only friend. <laughs> Toka, you are my only friend. I will say though, I, I've been impressed with Townsend Coleman after watching this show. Like the, the amount of voices he does is yeah. Town, Townsend Coleman is a great voice actor. Yeah, um, I had no especially idea. especially this early in his career. Mm-hmm. Like, because this is this was one of the first shows that he was on, and it's I mean, like he's he covered w- for like every villain pretty much at this point, and he was the Tick also. So yeah, Ooh. yeah. But that's talking about things I love. Well, yeah, I think. We've put enough anchovies on this pizza. No, one more. One more. Oh. I've mentioned it before, but again, General Trag looks terrible. So terrible, I honestly don't know how it even got through. Like, I just, I can't. I'll never get over that. You know, fair enough. Actually, I think he looks, I think his design changed at some point, because I feel like he looked pretty good in season one, and then just went, like, impossibly downhill. It's just like his melted pudding face. I don't. Yeah. Like ever since season one, like they just, they never nailed that rock soldier look again. Yeah. But you know what it is? Like if they had switched to using Granitor, who had the more interesting look anyway, Mm -hmm. like that would have really helped. But true. Oh, well. Come back, Granitor. Come back, Granitor. I miss you. I don't know what my that voice was, Granitor. but my friend Granitor. My friend, my only friend Granitor. My only friend Granitor. All, All right. right, what do we what do we like about these episodes? Oh, I love being a turtle. So, uh, cry havoc. The turtles questioning whether it's worth it to fight for the humans or not. You know, like they, it's getting pretty tough for them. It really does seem like maybe this isn't worth it. You know, why why are we doing this? And I I like. I like that, you know, having their whole moral quandary. I, I like do appreciate when, that. Depth. I like when they do that. I wish it wasn't eight seasons into this show. No, exactly. <laughs> After they've been hanging out with the humans for years. Well, on the flip side, you could also say like they've had that, you know, they've had those feelings slowly, slowly building. And perhaps it's the Fox newsification of Channel 6 that really kicks in. That True. You just can't. That, you know what? That's true. We've seen yeah. it from Raphael before in uh, Night of the Rogues, but like now the other guys are starting to get it. I do like there's a lot of like small animation stuff. It's not like super impressive, but like this show can't hardly get bandana colors right half the time. <laughs> like when they're when they're in the, in the underwater layer, there's like you know there's water in the background. Obviously, there's a school of fish going by, and the action is just the turtles kind of talking. But they bothered to animate all the fish stopping, turning around, and then swimming <laughs> off. Like that's a crazy attention to detail for this show. It's really then, building the scene. Yeah, really, really building the world. And then there's a part <laughs> where Don and Raph land in a pool of like dank green water at the bottom of a trash pile. Then a porthole opens up and some blue water comes in. And like the water they're sitting in gradually goes from like solid green to the same light blue, like like in a gradient, like it's dissipating, you know. Which, again, not a huge thing, but, like, there's also several times there were, like, three Michelangelos in the same shot. So, like, that kind of stuff's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. The water animator finally got his shot, and he knew it was his time to shine. Finally. 
I've been <laughs> I've been pitting oceans all my life. How's <laughs> my time? Stagnant water getting filled with normal water. I can. Find I do really like. I feel like this season, opus. especially, they did pay attention to like the dirty sewer water colors. Yeah, it's a nice. It's a nice touch. It is. Yeah, because when they get like washed away by that tidal wave of sewer water, it it is green. It's not your normal blue like it is usually. Yeah, and even even if Titanus is starting to kind of pick up uh, Krang and Shredder plots a little bit, it's cool to kind of have a new villain that's stuck around for more than one episode. And I don't know, ultimately, I think he is memorable, at least compared to all the other villains that aren't Shredder and Krang in this series. Uh, he's he's up there as a more memorable one. In my I mean, opinion. he's no he's no mob boss. He's no Don Tertelli. No Don Tertelli. No, I forgot all of them. Pinky McFingers. Pinky uh, yeah, no, fingers. he's no Pinky McFingers. The Beaver Cleaver. Actually, uh, he's been in more episodes one. than most of these. Oh yeah, McMutt. Is that right? McMutt. Yeah, Mad Dog McMutt. There Mad we go. Dog McMutt. There we go. I I know the names of all these mobsters from this series now. <laughs> I was. Uh... I, I could have been good at business. <laughs> I decided to stuff my head full of this kind of stuff. I, I opened my Mondo Gecko uh, action figure and I was like looking at the Kerma that he comes with. And I was like, Kerma's been in more episodes than so many memorable characters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was just funny to me. And so was Titanus at this point, too. Yeah, like Kerma, like Kerma and Titanus have been in more episodes than like Usagi and Hokum Hare and... You know, all all the other characters we love. Mondo Gecko. I feel like Titanus would stand out more if it was, like, the only character Tony J did in this series. We get so much Tony J, you have to, like, pick between the different Tony J. Yeah. Was that Tony J? Titanus? No. Titanus isn't Tony J? Nope. Titanus is Ron Feinberg. I was going to say, I thought Mike had said a different name earlier. <laughs> so. Everything I know is a lie. Yes. I'll bow out now. Good day, folks. All right. So, uh, there you go. That, was, that was your other wrong one. <laughs> oh, yep. There there it is. Yeah, there there it is. The trap door. Get out of here. You're being voted off the island. What's the audio version of a Tony big J. cane thing to pull you off stage? The hook off stage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this this podcast is like simultaneously a survivor series and, and you get voted off, you know. Yeah. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You are the weakest link. We should be like, it's whoever's left last, right? So we should name it like the last podcast on the left or something. Anyway, I'm getting tired, man. My jokes ain't making sense anymore. Let's, <laughs> keep, Let's keep going All through right. it. All right. Havoc in the streets, right? That's what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Michelangelo oh. successfully steals and uses a jet fighter when at the beginning of the series he could barely drive a minivan. So good. <laughs> so ridiculous. That's character development right there. He is, you know. Loki, the most talented turtle. So, true. Yeah. When he applies himself. So I know that we talked about sending Synapse off into space. You know, we they pretty much <laughs> sent him to an, an endless nightmare. But it's a clever way to get rid of an energy being because, like, you can't kill them or anything like that. So in sure. a way, I did like it because it's it was a clever way to get rid of a villain that seemed 
invincible. Like he, there's yeah. no, he's intangible. You can't hit him. You can't do anything with him. So like finding a way to just transmit him into space is, is pretty clever. Have you ever read the comic Invincible? I, I don't think it... I've watched the first season of the TV series. Yeah, so I don't think it shows up in the show, but uh, when when his dad is teaching him how to fight crime, he like, grabs a guy and throws him into space. He's like, whenever you're in doubt, just throw him into space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly what happens here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I kind of already mentioned it, like liking Titanus. I think Havoc is a pretty decent group of villains. I don't know, it just... It feels nice to have something that isn't Shredder and Krang that feels like you have like a leader and like henchmen and they're like an organized group that the turtles yeah. can consistently fight. It It's cool to have other stuff in there. Yeah, and it also has like a built-in, you know, if they want to do like a monster of the week, they just mutate someone else. Yeah. Do these guys show up again or is this like they're only... Uh, they show up again and enter Krakus. I think Seizure is a really cool design for a mutant. The yeah. crab. I, I love the crab guy and his OP arms. And Good name, for, too. Yeah. And, and in earlier episodes, they do mention, like, you know, they are questioning where Titanus even came from. And so, like, they actually do build up to a reveal that Titanus and Krakus are from the future. And so I do kind of like a, a fun little reveal and like a, a twist where you're like, ooh, you know, he's from the future. There's there's something a little bit more to this character and a backstory. It's, you know, it, it's a good uh, a good little thing. Once again, like we're getting continuity between episodes. Yeah, it's still, it's still wild to see. And it's still, again, these were very pleasant episodes to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really helps the attention span too. Because I've been, I've been thinking that too, like, um, especially like, before with most seasons like everyone could be like narrating like a whole a completely different tv show just because they can be so different but these ones they really do they all come together and the titanus stuff pays off Mm -hmm. i did also love mikey is so worried about the newsstand like after it gets like wrecked and he wants to like set it right i just Mm -hmm. i just love that like in the middle of all everything he's like oh the newsstand all right, we good to go on to Turtle Trek? I think so. Okie dokie. So I actually like the phrase of, like, it's more important to do good than fight evil. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not that deep. Maybe it really is just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo that doesn't mean anything. But, I don't know, I like to think it does. Uh, I mean, it, it's, not a, it's not a bad message. It's, yeah. It feels like a little, like, Crime Fighty 101. You know, for for the turtles at this point in their in their crime fighting careers to have to like learn that lesson, yeah. But, but I, I, I don't know. Like, just even reading like a lot of superhero comics, as someone who reads a lot of comic books, there's something to be said about like the impact and, and how much stories where like heroes that are written well anyway, where heroes are just like actually just saving and rescuing people instead of always punching a bad guy. That's uh, true. I I do always like just like the the goodness trope and the good hero who's just like good because that's what you should do. Yeah. That always, that always gets me. Yeah. You know, kind of doing the right thing. It's why I liked like the final night DC story and things like that. And I feel like that kind of goes in this too. Like it's, I was going to say like one of my all time favorite, like superhero movies is big hero six. And it's specifically because, you know, it's six kids who just want to like 
save people and just want they just want to do good. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that is so cool. And you don't see that in like superhero movies. Yeah. So I, I do love that that concept a bit because it is it, you know, and ultimately, I think, I don't know, I guess in a, in a real life setting, you do contribute more to the world and your community and people around you if you're setting out to do good and like help people more so than to to fight evil and that being your goal. It's true, because if you're always just focused on stopping the villain, there's a whole there's a whole other set of problems that you have to take care of that have nothing to do. Yeah, and it just will have the biggest impact on other people's lives, you know. Well said. Well go said. Out, go out and do good, people. It's like it's like the people listening to this podcast. We know that there's not a ton of you out there, but we know that you we infect your life, and we know and we appreciate that. Yeah, so we talk about the wrecking crew. <laughs> They're so nineties. Like one of the dudes on the skates. It's amazing. Yeah. Isn't the wrecking crew like? A Marvel villain team? Yeah, there it is. Well, there's also one that's DC, the the Demolition, their Green Lantern villain. They actually just showed up in issue two of the of the new Green Lantern run. Is the Demolition Crew also like, like one of the first Mario games? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I thought it was weird that they, and, and I kind of loved it because it's so absurd. They're like, they want these like rare weapons that the turtles have, but like, Donatello just has a regular stick. Yeah. <laughs> like, the dude has a tank for a face. Yeah, well, I, I like how one of them is like a tank with like a head on it, like a person's head. And then another yeah. one is just like mm-hmm. a body with a tank head for a head. <laughs> it's just the same guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like these two guys like found a tank and the guy's just like, oh, sweet, I'll put this on as my head. And this other guy like sees the rest of the tank and he's like, uh... Are you using the rest of this? I guess I'll, uh, I'll put my head on it. <laughs> Together they make like one horse costume. Right. <laughs> I like that they beat him with uh, Michelangelo's mysteriously appearing bucket full of water. <laughs> oh yeah, like they're they're somehow like they're you know seemingly this advanced weaponry, but water they can't take water. any water. Much bit of water on it, it's over. Apparently, nunchucks too violent for. European television, but in this episode, Michelangelo picks up a blaster rifle and like just yeah, Mike, he's got a gun. People, <laughs> yeah, I love absolute, seeing Mike absolute get his hands on a weapon. Yeah, I think does he shoot like at the screen too? Super yeah, which violent. is supposedly like a no-no. Yeah, um, and then we get not like a fight necessarily, but like Leo and Raph have this moment where they're like about ready to hash it out over who yeah, should they be almost had, leader. Like, classic yeah. conflict. But that then they felt, kind of just like give it up. Yeah. That felt like so kind of like weird and out of left field, but it was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I think it was just like the stress of the situation was getting to him, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and also just, we've seen like other turtles media where it happens. And so I feel like kind of in the context of that, you're, you're, you're finally seeing this series maybe kind of actually, do the the turtles bickering thing which mm-hmm. yes yeah, definitely a a plus for me in this is cuz i think it is important whenever you have a group of characters to have them bicker and like not all the time but you got to have them disagree and have conflict with one another because that's how you more deeply define your characters personalities especially in a team setting is not only what do they contribute but like 
what do they, where do they clash on, you know, where they're differing values and they're differing ideas. Like where, where do they clash is, is yeah. another important thing to define characters. Yeah. The show hasn't had a lot of internal conflict, a lot of external conflict, but not, this is it, a rare it, example of internal conflict. If it was like kind of neat and kind of weird also to like how they all kind of like, kind of kept picking on Mikey, uh, in like, just telling him like, like, why are you so irresponsible? And it's like trying to like set him up for like a character arc too. Mm-hmm. He's also Mikey was just like you know the 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 weekly you got to pick someone to just bully. Yeah, we can flip it around. <laughs> All right. I did well, like Shredder. Apparently, can't swim because they deal with him. They just toss him into the the yellow water and pool, that, yeah, and, and again, he's like. Poo. He can't get out of it. He's, he's yeah. just like, <laughs> right. that's that's the shredder's weakness was liquid. Right. So, uh, that, turning off the lights, all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Ball bearings, you know, every, everything. <laughs> so yeah, that is season eight of Teenage Mutant Turtles eighty seven. Um kinda I mean moved really quick, especially because we only did it in two episodes, but like it it did it did move at a clip and you can see that they're trying to do stuff like they're they're trying to change up the status quo and we will see how that pans out when we come back in season 9 so keith with that take us to the news this is april o'neil of channel 6 so not a ton of news this week, uh, but a couple of big things that we wanted to talk about was one, NECA finally revealed the full Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive box set. Uh, it's going to be $150. Uh, it is the four turtles in their samurai armor uh, with removable like cloak on top of that. So the they don't have like the normal turtle bodies underneath. But the heads are swappable, so you can put them on. Uh, if you already have the 1990 turtles or the Secret of the Used turtles, you can put uh, the heads on those bodies. Yep. This is how NECA is going to force me to buy a set of uh, Secret of the Used turtles. Good job, NECA. You yeah, got right. Me. Uh, you got you me. like they they come with uh, different heads for your other better action it's, figures. <laughs> yeah. So they, and they come, and so they come with alternate heads for your 1990 turtles too. Um, Which it of, is really cool. Cause they're all swappable, but it's also just like, it's also weird. It would have yeah. been nice to have extra 2003 or uh, 2003. It would have been nice to have extra, you know, TMNT three heads. Um, True. But, though they could always, I'm sure, you know, they could always do an accessory pack. Yeah. They, they could do dip. an, ex- but, but also like at the same time, they kind of have everything here that you would need like the only other thing I could think of would be like Mikey's like swim shorts and like Ooh, true. But then they would have to, well, I guess if they're shade. expecting you to put it on like the, like yeah, other bodies, a lampshade. Yeah. Like they would have to like do those. And it's like, I, I don't as much as like, I love the third movie and as much as Cody loves the third movie, I don't think, a lot of the fandom is going to be by like clamoring to buy a Prince Kenshin and Mitsu figure. Too yeah, bad. definitely. Def- I, yeah. I don't think we'll get figures outside of that though. Getting wit would be cool. Like, get old like getting, getting wit would be cool, but it's like at the same time, it's like people would rather have Casey. And even then like this Casey doesn't have the iconic mask. He has a generic hockey mask. 
through. You think we'll get a, a toy that's just the top half of that Splinter Puppet? That would be funny too. Also, but that's also the ugliest spin on Splinter Puppet. Let's be real. Yeah. So I, yeah, if I'm we just, don't get a Page Turco, by the way, we riot. It is. It is kind of weird that we don't have a Page Turco either for Secret of the Use or this movie. So there's. I mean, she was in two movies. She was in two movies. I yeah. I like movie one April uh, Judith Hogue, but one movie and you get like a hundred figures. We could get one Page Turco, please. Yeah, and. So there's got to be something tied up with her likeness rights. So, you know, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be, uh, so if you're not going to San Diego comic-con, they will be available on the NECAstore.com. Uh, you can go there June 21st to the 23rd. They're going to have limited stock every one of those days. And once that stock is done, it is sold out for that day. And then yeah. you try again on the 22nd, you try again on the 23rd. Hopefully so, it won't be too crazy to get, but it hopefully it won't. Um, you know, you can you can all you can kind of set yourself up for success by having you know your credit card saved on logged into the website, log into the browser. Uh, I've heard use, uh, some folks say Edge gives you the jump in certain stores. Like I know with like Target, people say like Edge seems to load it up faster. I don't know if that's. I mean, it it all it all depends on your internet connection as well. So it's like you yeah. could try that. Uh, I recommend using the Shop app, um, which you can do because NECA uses a Shopify store. Um, that interesting. That holds your information, and you know, as soon as I log in, it's all right there, and then boom. Plus, you can do you know your uh, split into pay pay in four payments, which I love. Yeah, pay in four. Pay for is great. <laughs> it's great and it's terrible because before yeah. you know it, you're like, oh, I have, you know, hundreds of dollars. I have a lot of, yeah, have a lot of things hitting at once. Oh, it was almost it, kind of like I shouldn't. You get so used to like, oh, for. this is ten dollars, easy. Yeah, I'm barely buying it. Uh, but yeah, so you could do all of that. Um, also, the Kino uh, San Diego Comic Con uh, box that comes with like a shirt and like Employee of the Month. Uh, picture and, and stuff that is also going to be there i think that is 90 dollars. i forget the actual price on that one yeah that sounds about right because he comes with his scooter yeah so uh definitely like i said negastore.com uh june 21st to the 23rd so that is next uh wednesday to friday and what was it what what time was it it's like oh mm. i think it's I mean, it's 9 a.m. Pacific for me, so I think 12, 12 Eastern is what they say. Okay. Yeah, get ready, folks. Get ready. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, if people really don't like Team and T3, maybe there'll be less madness for it, and so the uh, us true fans can just swoop in. Yeah, like, you know, the 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 fervor for Team and T3 isn't or the other two. So it could, you know, potentially sell out, but it could also not. So we won't know uh, until next week. So where we could get that kind of vibe. So yeah, another bit of uh, news. There's uh, some statues coming out that I think look super cool. Uh, as far as I know, this news is breaking broken by the old turtle den. Uh, at least that's who I saw it from on Twitter. He had an article about it. It's big boy toys with uh I don't want to butcher this name, but like Tika from East is the name. But he kind of, this person kind of takes 
uh, pop culture things and combines them with like Chinese art to to make sculptures. And so they've got a Michelangelo one that's unveiled. Uh, we don't really have like a date. Uh, seems like it'll be released in December. Uh, that one does look really really cool. It looks super cool. I, I really like the way it looks. This is once again making me consider purchasing a statue that I I may or may not actually end up purchasing in the end. Yeah, it's, like it's a really it's a really cool unique um like it's a very chinese inspired design um like i I don't personally collect statues uh this has been popping up um i thought i saw it up on big bad toy store but i am wrong um so it's new new big boy toys cross teak ka from east yeah Anyway, it looks super cool. Uh, if you like statues, feel free to check it out. Uh, I mean, sometimes I just like looking at pictures of them because statues are cool. Yeah, and it drops uh, December 2023. Um, mm-hmm. It says that these will be limited. Um, I probably confused Big Bad Toy Store with Big Boy Toys. Um, so this is this is a Hong Kong company. So you know, kind of like. Kind of like Heat Boys, uh, who do the mega yeah. that Cody loves so much. Oh, so good, so good. Um, so, but this is officially licensed, so uh, it's cool. I like, I, I like it. Uh, in comic book news, uh, I missed announcing that 140 was coming out in our last episode, uh, so that should already be out in your comic book shops. Be forewarned, it takes place after Armageddon Game and Armageddon Game number eight still hasn't come out yet. Unfortunately, Though, it is delayed until July now. Yeah, first uh, I, week. I, I can't say I did read the issue, and it's it's not very it's not super spoilery. It's kind of it's pretty actually subtle, so you can read it, and it's still unclear what actually happened at the end of Armageddon Game. So, well, okay. I'm not going to read it until we finish Armageddon Game. So, uh, we're sorry that our Armageddon Game coverage has not ended yet. We are also waiting for that last issue. <laughs> to uh come out so when it does we will uh finish our armageddon game recap and then on june 28th so that's the day after this podcast will air future spencer here i uh lied uh these comic books are not coming out right after the day this podcast releases they're coming out the week after that sorry about that uh usagi ojimbo teenage mutant ninja turtles where when number four will be in your comic book shops and so will the last run in the lost years number four i believe uh the usagi uh usagi turtles issue four i believe that has a variant cover by friend of the show sarah meyer it does and also i heard that they are going to be i mean they all they all have had uh sarah covers (laughs) but we just like to point that out yeah and they look great i have not seen one that i do not like if my comic book shop didn't charge me the whole extra arm and a leg for him, I would, I would have them. Yeah. We don't have the best comic book shop. Yeah. That yeah. stinks. Like my, my comic book store, like if you get there on the first day, they typically don't charge for the variants unless it's like the super retailer exclusive. Yeah. I mean, most of the time we're lucky. They even, if they have a variant, um, at least in my case, I don't like pre-order or like set up a pull list. I have. Oh, a pull you should list, always. But... You should always set up a pull list. I have uh, a pull list. But... I mean, it just it feels. I like the thrill of just walking in and just getting what's on the shelf. I mean, that is fun, but it is helpful to have a pull list. So, 
Well, you probably live closer to it than I do. I, I kind of have to go out of my way a little yeah, ways to, to for sure. That. For sure. All right. But, uh, next, next up, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem has made its debut at the NC Festival in France, uh, where it got a six minute standing ovation. Yeah, pretty exciting. I so a lot it, of it a lot of the initial well. yeah a lot of the initial reviews coming out so far people have people really liked the film, um, but as Spencer pointed out when we were doing the rundown on the news, uh, people said a lot of good things about the Flash too. So <laughs> and now take, it's kind of getting middling reviews. From yeah, take. Critics. I mean, I always thought it was going to be terrible anyway, so I didn't care. But uh, take it out with a grain of salt. Uh, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, you know, this, this is a festival for animation fans and industry people. So, you know, I, I want to say they're a little bit more critical and these people kind of know what they're talking about versus like, you know, people who just saw Michael Keaton, Batman, were just like, that's the greatest film ever. Hmm. I do expect the animation, at least on an animation level to be just blown away. Cause I think it looks really, really good. Yeah, same. Like having just watched Spider-Verse a couple weeks ago, like this this is different. Um and it it I think it's going to look so good, you know, on, on the big screen. So, um it it was not finished. They did mention that there were a couple scenes that were kind of rough cuts. Um oh, interesting. So the film is still being tweaked, you know, probably will be up until, you know, the last minute when they send it out to theaters. Cause that's what's cool crazy. Now, like, how down to the wire these things actually get. Well, that's, that's what's so cool now is that like they, be, because, you know, everything is digital now, you know, it's not on, it's not on film. You don't have to ship a film to the individual movie theaters anymore. You literally just download a file. Yeah. I was hearing like the spider verse cast. They were talking about how just like, you know, like a week before they were still, well, yeah, but then also too, stuff. there were uh, animation errors, or not animation errors, <laughs> sound sound errors in the film. Because uh, yeah, like they, cert- can just, they can patch it. <laughs> they literally patched it because they movie theater like there was a there was there's a scene in the movie at the beginning where the music is playing over um, some speaking that's going. On. I'm trying not to spoil it for anybody, um, but it, the music was so loud. And Sony had sent out a thing like, hey, you have to play this track at this level and this track at this level to be able to hear it correctly. And a lot of movie theaters weren't getting that message. Yeah, so they were just, like, yeah. just kind of like, turn it up all to 11. You got it. <laughs> uh, and so I guess Sony uh, sent out uh, a new patch for the movie that basically fixed that for you. So I saw the unpatched version. Ooh, ooh. Uh, okay. And rounding up the news for tonight, uh, put your speculation hats on because this is where it's breaking as of this morning. Uh, we haven't been able to find a whole lot of confirmation on this just yet, but it is worth talking about because everybody seems to be talking about it today. Uh, the 2003 series is finally potentially getting a physical release. Yeah, I've, I've, I've flip-flopped both ways. I've been convinced, uh, I've been deconvinced, and I've been <laughs> reconvinced. So, uh, posted this morning earlier on uh, the TMNT subreddit, uh, a link to the website moviezing.com, Z-Y-N-G. Uh, they have a listing for Teenage Mutant Turtles 2003, the Ultimate Collection DVD. 
uh, set to release on July 25th to uh, 2023. So just, you know, a little over a month from now. Uh, it's going to have 18 discs containing all 155 episodes, including Turtles Forever. So it does not specifically say if it's the uncut version or if it's the TV broadcast version. Uh, well, the box does say TV movie. It does. So, you know, take that as you will. Um, standard aspect ratio, uh, a runtime of 3,462 minutes. Is that all? <laughs> I was going to say a good way to see if this is legit is to actually add up all of the minutes that uh, the oh, that it would take for every episode and see if that math checks out. That's some sleuthing. How many episodes was it? 150? 155 episodes this includes. 155 plus, the, plus the movie. They're 20, only about 22, 23 minutes. Three? Yeah, go 23. 3,565. Ooh. So, that's pretty close. Give, yeah, yeah, give or, give or take. Oh, yeah. You didn't, well, did you? Yeah, did you add Turtles Forever? Because Turtles Forever is an hour. So I it's like not. 40 minutes. I think it's like an hour and a half, but yeah. No, it's like no, that was just an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, it's just an hour. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. If I, I mean, one fifty-five times twenty-two is quite a bit less, right? So if there are twenty-two minute episodes, let me see here. Do do do. Yeah, like do twenty-two. Do twenty-two minutes. Fifty-five times <laughs> twenty-two. Two thousand four hundred and ten. Ooh, plus plus forty-four minutes. Or 42 minutes. So, so we're pretty, pretty damn close. We're pretty close. So you could throw in a couple 23-minute episodes in there. And that puts us that puts us right about there. So is this legit? Probably. Um, so from what we've been able to see so far, um, Nickelodeon has not made an official announcement as of right now. That may change as this is kind of, you know, like we said is kind of rolling out uh and from some of the rumblings that i saw uh when looking this up that this is uh a print on demand uh thing where you know you can't just you know walk in any store like you know again with with the 2012 series that came out last year uh you can't just buy that at you know your walmarts you have to order it from uh this website and uh they will print them and send them to you yeah, I mean, like, the website, I mean, they, they talk about it being, you know, like, they print out, like, the rare films that aren't really commercially viable, and if you scroll through the website, they really do have, like, movies you'd never heard of, so it makes sense, it's just, it's just, so it all seems legit in that sense, and, like, you know, the the business makes total sense, it's just very weird that, like, TMNT, which is one of the world's giant properties, even if... You know, maybe people aren't super hot for the 2003 series. It still just seems odd that it would be relegated to this. Yeah, like this does feel r- really weird and kind of low key. But so, but we've we've talked about it before. How the you know the the Nickelodeon probably has access to numbers that we don't that let them know that hey, probably let's there, yeah. There's like people saying they want to buy this, but also is it cost effective for us to you know, make a bunch of Blu-ray copies, you know, when 
physical well, they would, media they would is never already go Blu-ray. <laughs> well, right. They would right, but that you know, but that was the other thing that people were complaining about with this yeah. was that like, oh, it's on DVD, and it's like, well, yeah, like these these were animated for 480i, like, yeah. you know, the, these weren't animated for HD. You know, that's that's part of the problem with watching, you know. And well, I mean, I was gonna say that's part of the part problem with watching the '87 series, but he, but even then, like when I when you buy that digitally, you're buying standard definition. Mm-hmm. And so, like with these, like putting them on DVD is fine. And as, as far as I know, they never released all of the episodes on DVD. I mean, they did the kind of thing where it's like you get the piecemeal thing, so like you have to cobble together. Right, the, but they never release. But, but even um, then, every release didn't have like if you yeah, had like, all of them, you would still be or... missing some episodes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen and some so, people from like Australia that got like actual DVDs of it distributed down there that you could have the whole series collected in a few other places. Yeah, like I've seen that, and so as far as I as far as I can tell, like this is the first time that like the entire series will be available physically in the U.S. And if we're lucky, Turtles Forever will be formatted to fit yeah. your screen. And also, <laughs> and also the correct, be the uncut version. And yeah. be the uncut version. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so like, like I said, take this all with a grain of salt. Uh, it, as of now, as of recording, it is not confirmed. That may change by the time we come back next week. Uh, we will let you know if it did. Um, but, you know, we want to put everybody's expectations in check because we tried to do as much research as we can as we were looking like this is all this is mostly what we were talking about all day in the group chat yeah so uh but yeah you can go to moviezing.com moviezyng.com uh they have an faq so you can read all the information about you know what are mod's made on demand dvds uh, you know shipping does it work with my dvd player all that stuff so um go check that out yeah, the box set is going to run about $60 59.99 so yeah i'm just perusing their dvd listings and it's like you know truck stop dvds a lot of them. yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> i found yeah. one um there i i found a kurt russell film which was oh, yeah. i see 16 and pregnant on here and 12 monkeys those are two things i've actually heard of there's some good workout videos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it fits. Um, like their their stated purpose, they're definitely doing that. Um, and it does also, to be fair, There's like Andrew um, Bullock movie on here. The TMNT DVD sets have kind of been bare bones, so it's not like yeah, not like it would be really any crazy. different than if they printed their own stuff. Oh wow, some of these covers are pretty risque that's weird that's right, so i, I highly recommend news? looking through their catalog that is i think that is it for this week uh thank you again for listening to another episode of the ninja turtle power hour cody thank you again for helping us out get through this Always season super quick uh if you guys like the show let us know somewhere on the internet ninja turtle power hour ninja turtle ph on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and Cody, tell them where you they can find you on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. It's uh, Cody. Too much new toys. That's my. I'm all over the place doing all sorts of hijinks, but mainly TikTok. Cool, cool. So Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week we're moving into season nine, episodes one, two, three, and if Cody's jumping back on number four as well, I'm down. Let's do it. 
All right, so we've got the Unknown Ninja, Dreg of the Earth, the Wrath of Medusa, and the New Mutation. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I don't think that's going to be Venus, but I've got my fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. That's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. See you later, turtleinos. I just throw off all the rhythm. Yeah, no, like, I, I wish that IDW would just let me be, like, the Grima worm tongue for a writer. You know, I'll just whisper <laughs> things in their ear, and then they, they actually have talent, and they can they can actually write it for me. <laughs> well, I don't I mean, know if that's that's the good advisor. That, like, I yeah, don't think like, Grima did a good job. He didn't, but, you know, but I will. So, Grima thought he was going to do a good job, too, so... No one ever guaranteed that my ideas were great, but you know, I still want them written and I know that I can't do it because I suck at writing. But the, um, what was I going to say? Nah, I forgot what I was about the say. art, the art. No, thing. no, it wasn't the art. Um, I do think though, oh, this oh, is kind of the prime Tom, thing. Like Tom like had Nova. mentioned, like Tom had mentioned, like when I was, when I was talking to him, he, he'd said like, you know, that there's always certain stuff that like Nick will approve. You know, so it's like maybe they just don't want to do the battle nexus. That's true. Yeah, because we know from like what Super Seven has said about their, you know, their dealings with trying to do um, playmate style figures that, you know, I mean, they've been very coy about it, but they've made it very clear like anything they make, even social media posts, like regarding Mm -hmm. Team and T, have to be approved. So there's like a very strict, like, it's what like the corporate overlords will approve or not. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, and that goes for any, you know, licensee working with a big brand like that. Like, they have to get it approved by, like, corporate. You know, you can't just, you can't just go yeah, out for sure. and stuff. I just think it's it's easy to forget that, because, like, you just see all these creatives, and you're like, oh, that's the story they want to tell. Oh, yeah. Just, it, it's hard. You forget that, like, you know, there's someone up top that's like, nope. I just, I just want to tell them, just like, look, you can still, you can still use the Battle Nexus. Renette is a time traveler. <laughs> you can say that that was back in time, like way, way back in time, and now you can have the turtles visit it in modern day, and it's been reformed as like a sport that is more close, like closer to like the 2003 series, where like before the final blow, you get teleported out of the ring. You know, I and, do think Renette is really underutilized, and just like the 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 potential for just approved shenanigans that like it makes almost anything possible you just toss in Renette. yeah but because it's time travel because time travel you can literally be like yeah this was forever ago in the battle nexus but now in modern battle nexus things have totally changed and you know now it's all there for sport and honor and like you know the participants are willing and the final blow also still teleports you out of the ring is it the death blow boom yeah it's like the killing blow or just just whatever the final blow would be
No, they're pretty vague with it. <laughs> but yeah, then you straight up have a tournament. You just slip and like take a bad fall. I think doesn't like Raph almost run into a wall or something, and they teleport him out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Raph does charge yeah. at Mikey, and Mikey dodges him, and he thinks he runs into a wall, and then poof, he's out. And there's some, like, some of those aliens like get hit real, real hard, and then like like they get teleported out, but they're still like holding their head and stuff. It's like yeah, that it's like you might have gone a little late there, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, it might be, like, possibly, like, the KO blow as well. Because, like, there is... I don't know. I guess I don't want to spoil the whole Battle Nexus arc for those that haven't watched the 2003 series, but... I mean, it's been long enough. It's been 20 years. Yeah, fair enough. No, I've never never heard of 2003, so... Yeah. But so, but Michelangelo, when he ends up getting paired up with Splinter uh, at one point, and then Splinter decides that, like, I'd rather have my son continue to fight and be able to honor me than, than for me to... Take oh, I've actually him. seen that. I remember that episode. Yeah, so like yeah. Splinter like uh, sandbags it. Yeah, so he kneels down and then he's just like, go ahead and you know do the do the blow thing, Mikey. And so then Mikey yeah. just gets his nunchuck and just kind of like rests it on his shoulder, and then Splinter teleports out of there. You know, it's not. How cool would it be if Mikey so just like clocks him? up and just like yes, yes, nails him. him. That's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Splinter teabags him. Knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. <clears throat> In news tonight, um, this time I I took some notes and I'm going to take more notes. So when Mike gets the jump on me, I'll be partially ready. Oh man, I'm also okay. reading Watchmen for the first time, and Ooh. now I'm like, now that I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, I see why this is considered the greatest comic book of all time. I want to go back. More. And read I mean, it. he kind of. I haven't read any of his recent stuff, but man. Hmm. He, if you like, well, he have you have read recent. his run of Swamp Thing? I mean, relatively recent. I, I've read bits and pieces of it. Uh, I, I, I want to I mean, read it, but V for Vendetta also goes without saying. Yeah, League of Extraordinary like, Gentlemen. I actually like good. the movie better for V for Vendetta. Controversial. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oddly, enough. I know Alan enough. Moore doesn't like his adaptations, um, but I think. With Watchmen and V for Vendetta, they did about as good as it's possible to do, barring one part of it, which I won't spoil for Spencer. But yeah, changing the ending of Watchmen, man, I have a, I got a really good deal on Watchmen annotated, which is a great way to make like a very long book way, way longer. <laughs> but man, it was full of real cool little tidbits. Well, like the I was eyeing like a deluxe edition of that. Of yeah, it's, it's black and white too. It looks really, really good, um, both with and without color. You know. Well, that's the thing about Watchmen is like even after I've read it, like I'm stuck thinking about it all day. <laughs> like you know, like it's just so, and I don't know, just just the there's just so many important details that like he pays attention. There's panel to panel storytelling when he needs it, where like there's very little words. There's like a lot of words when when you need a lot of words in conversation. There's so much that's and granted, this some of this goes to the artist. You know, granted, I've heard that yeah, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, I believe, yeah, Dave Gibbons, Gibbons. Some of it goes to Dave Gibbons as well. Granted. Alan Moore apparently does have very detailed scripts, but still, like the expressions between characters and like how much like it says between like between them and everything when they look at each other, how much it just uses the medium of comic books to tell the story. It's yeah, like I, said, I'm, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm just like, wow, this is I get it now. There's even yeah. definitely one of the great- I need I need to sit down and reread it because like when I was younger, like when I first started reading it. Um, I didn't like any of the, um, what's the 
what's the ship naming in the comic within the comic? The black. Uh, uh, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about black freighter. Yeah. The black yeah, freighter. The freighter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like all of that stuff with the black freighter and then the excerpts from um, what's his face's book. Like those were the parts oh. that were like boring to me. The excerpts from the book are like great, like world building and yeah. stuff for the story. I know the black well, freighter. I think you could leave like you don't really need. Yeah, and so that was like one of my favorite things about the movie is that the movie kind of cut out everything I didn't like about the book. But now that I'm older, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I should go back and like reread it with those like, and get the additional because like I know the additional context like context they provide, but I was just kind of like, eh, like back then I didn't care. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't know, like in just yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's an incredible book. I, I was you, I've. Recently, I've even thinking about like trying to like do a bit of creative writing myself, Ooh. and then I like Ooh. I've like read Watchmen and like just trying to like I don't know buff up on it, maybe just try and pick it up as as a hobby. But then I read Watchmen, and I'm just like, why even bother? <laughs> right? It's like someone's yeah, writing a Watchmen fanfic. No, no, no. I'm saying like, why bother try writing ever? Yeah, because, yes. Watch, because Alan watch Moore did it. He he did it. <laughs> the, man, the first step of being good at something is kind of sucking at something. So. Yeah, you're not wrong. No, you're, yeah. you're not wrong. I like this true. podcast. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Wow, I don't. I, I, Who is that a dig at, Mike? All me. of us. I wrote <laughs> all of us. Were. <laughs> I wrote a. Do you remember fighting foodons? Yep. Oh yeah, I wrote a fighting foodons fanfic. Put it on fanfic.net and actually got like a positive review about it. It kind of made my nice. day. It was like very early pandemic. Pandemic. I was like, I'm just gonna do it. See what happens. I, I used wrote, to write down Garfield episodes. I didn't write my own story, but I would like novelize the episode. I mean, nice. I wrote a street, wrote a street Fighter fanfic back in like middle school. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are the people. I mean, it's funny because like, um, like fanfic writers get a lot of you know ridicule, but they're just writers, you know. And I'm pretty sure yeah. all writers are doing that. Like, there was one of my favorite writers, Stephen R. Donaldson. He would talk about like writing letters to like Thor comics and stuff like that. Yeah, but so like they're all fan, just fanfic writers also nerds. too. Like you know, that's kind of how some people get jobs now. Twilight so. was a fanfic, or no, not Twilight. Was it Fifty Shades of Grey? Or they? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Probably yeah, all. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fanfic. Ugh. Granted, that's not the best example of of someone that was actually. Well, good it's not. It's not the best example of like quality writing, but it's the yeah. best example of somebody who made it. Well, yeah, the oh, example sure, is, sure. like, you don't have to be a good writer to be a successful writer. No, yeah, exactly. No, true, yeah. The Notebook. I love the Notebook movie, Masterpiece, Cry and Cry. At one point, I was like, what if the book is worth reading? Two pages in, I was like, nope. <laughs> That's what I like about the movie. No reading. <laughs> exactly. The movie, yeah, exactly. like, legit, like, that movie is a crowning achievement. Because, I mean, granted, the Notebook's, like, a good idea. And there's, like, good ideas in it. But man, that writing is terrible, and they completely like transform that into what yeah, works. I always so, find yeah. it. I always find it funny whenever people like talk about things, like trying to compare things to fanfic, when all they want to say is that they just don't think the writing is quality. Because it's like, guys, the only difference between fanfic and something that's official is that this person was actually hired to write the story. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, if you think of that, literally like, all comic writers, unless it's a new yeah. IP, it's a fanfic. I was gonna yeah. say like all except for Eastman layered stories are fan fiction, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. They're made by 
people who technically weren't the person Never. to originally create it. Yeah, you know, everybody else. The Star Wars like sequels and all the TV shows that weren't directed by George Lucas are technically, yeah, they're fan fiction. Yep. All of the books that were written inspired by Star Wars are Star Wars fan fiction. Like George, yeah, George Lucas is, even George Lucas even said, like, that's not canon to me. Oh yeah, yeah, he did say <laughs> it forever ago. So. It's just, that's the funny thing about all of it is it's like the only difference between fan fiction and something as professional is that the professional is hired to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and granted, you know, I mean, if you want to get like on an actual like quality analysis thing of like, you know, oh, this writer did this really well and that's why they get paid to do it, then sure, whatever. Yeah. But speaking directly of Watchmen, um, I think, does DC own Watchmen? I don't know who, but they, they can yeah, put out yeah. extra Watchmen comics, and there's, like, the Watchmen show, which is yeah. its own thing. So, I mean, that's directly... I mean, I personally even consider that fanfic, because I, I didn't really think after Watchmen you needed more. Um, and it's yeah. kind of I- ironic. Though, if you think of it also, Watchmen itself is also fanfic, because Alan Moore took a lot of different characters at the time, and he based a lot of those on those characters. Well, because yeah, like, that's because they were supposed Charleston. to be those characters, the Charleston yeah. Comics characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and DC was like, we can't use these anymore if you if you do this story. So just make new characters. Yeah. So. If you do this to Peacemaker, we can't use Peacemaker anymore. Yeah, now like, yeah. Peacemaker is like, way crazier now than he, than he would have been in this comic. But Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Well, you feel more sympathetic for, like, at least as far as, like, the Peacemaker TV show. And even even in the comic books, you feel more sympathetic for Peacemaker, though. The comics just, like, in Watchmen, in Watchmen, he's like, the comedian is a piece of garbage, you know? Like, yeah. There's no sympathy felt for the comedian. <laughs> well, like, yeah, and, and like, Rorschach would have been the question or yeah. something. And, so, and yeah. you know, Rorschach's kind of just a, is kind of just a tool as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, sorry, changing subject. We won't have any back to, slander. Back to the news, real quick. Um, oh. yeah. Do we, do we actually talk about any news, or do we just get into like a huge tangent there? Yeah, we got, a tangent. A, we got a tangent. That was, that was <laughs> we were talking about. That was the movie festival. Uh, yeah, the ANSI, <laughs> oh, the yeah. ANSI thing. Um. Uh. So we had ANSI. Uh. The turtles three. Um action figures mm-hmm. stellar <laughs> yep um all kinds of mutant mayhem figures are showing up now just it's not I really mean, news but it's like but yeah we can mention it um yeah when i mean it's right around like the, the 25th is apparently the street date. yeah so if you're yeah, lucky you're coles uh you know we can mention that we can mention that and uh, i can tell you a story i went to coles today and it was sad don't go to coles yeah. Oh, I don't go to Kohl's. Kohl's is just anymore. a place to return Amazon packages, right? There's yeah, there's exactly. no sadder That's feeling the I go, the walking I go through Kohl's. Kohl's terrible, like low rent toy section, and you're just like, what if I? What am I? How did I get to this point? In yeah, life? it's so I it's so because like because like they're not a lot of them aren't even good toys, and then they're charging way too much for them. Yeah, I uh, I just I feel for the kids who's that's their toy section, and then um, crap. Did we ever talk about the TMNT cereal? That's not news anymore, but... No, but it's like... But that that's just kind of standard stuff, so I didn't really want to... 
talk about that. It, oh, TMT cereal isn't good enough for you, Mike? Nope, not anymore. It doesn't have <laughs> if it doesn't have the original like pizza. There's no cachet. Um, there is the the possible the oh, 2003 the, DVD set, which I've I've, I've flip flopped back on for back and forth if I think it's legit or not. And I think I think I'm back to thinking it is legit. I feel like I mean because like everybody like it it popped up in like every group today after I sent it to you guys. So like, yeah. I feel like it's something worth mentioning, and and like somebody in that in that Reddit thread said that they're um. Uh, somebody in that Reddit thread said that they were a print-to-order company and they're like a legit company. Yeah, like you then... can, they have like a FAQ where they describe the process, um, where they even talk about, you know, they've made it possible for studios to bring out rare films that they may not have the customer demand to justify large-volume yeah. stamping runs. Um, and the other thing that I, like, I noticed just looking at the website is like how much information is provided down below and like little number things that I don't know what they mean and stuff. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just like because it's oddly low rent, right? So it's like, and like you have like a a weird movie website where it's like this just seems like a like a GeoCities website that I made as a teenager, right? And yeah, then like, yeah, like this this seems like very old internet kind of yeah. kind of look. But yeah, um, then it does have all those like specific details, runtime, and like so it's like PC number. If they're faking it, like they went to like such a degree, it's kind of like. Why would you do this? Yeah, yeah exactly. Ratio, like dull, audio, dull by digital, like color, like they they really committed to it and are planning to make a whole lot of money if if this is fake at the same time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, as far as the details provided, I I I'm inclined to think that this is probably legit. Mm-hmm. It just I, I it also... just really does feel weird that it that it's just some super random website. Yeah, because it seems like it's too cheap for TMNT, and then you realize how they've handled the DVD releases always, and you're like, no, this is appropriately cheap for exactly the kind of thing they do. Yeah, because like maybe MovieZing as a company has seen people on the internet asking for this. Someone somewhere there has somehow seen this and been like, there, there might be some money in this for our company that does this. You know, like people have been asking for it, and it may never happen unless we do it. You know, it's how they make their money. Okay, so this will be the big news then, and then but we'll treat it like you know take with a grain of salt mm-hmm. kind of thing. Be careful, you know the, the specific date that it will be available on is July twenty fifth. Yeah, maybe it's preorderable for, now. It's preorderable now, but you know there's some people that have preordered it. Uh, you can yeah. maybe wait and hear from them. <laughs> See, that, what I don't understand, um, and I was mentioning this to Mike. So it's a supposedly it's a print on demand thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why pre-order it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Are they going to like run out of printers? Like what? What's what are we pre-ordering here, folks? It'd be funny if they yeah. could only print so many copies. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you think about, like logistically, maybe they only have this set aside, or they're only going to do that much of a run. But well, yeah, like maybe the they're maybe they're licensed on demand. Maybe they're seemingly three only years from now. They're like, yeah, we can print it. Whatever. Yeah, the license could run out. That's true. It just makes me laugh, the whole like pre-ordering an on-demand thing. I mean, yeah, but there's part of me that wants to pre-order just because it's just like I want it as soon as possible. I want it to show up on my doorstep and I have these DVDs that... Yeah, there's also like the set it and forget it thing. There is also... I don't know if they've done it before. It's, it felt new to me 
because I know they've had them available digitally the seasons, but there is on Vudu now, like a, a complete series bundle that you can get. Yeah. But you, if you try to buy it, it says it's not released yet, hmm. which I think is an interesting twist because I don't know why if they were just, because people have pointed out like, oh, they're just, they've already had them available digitally. Why would they have the bundle in like a unreleased state unless they are maybe holding for like a physical release to some degree, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Because I was going to say um, today, um, or not today, I instead of rewriting or writing my own synopsis fresh, I like edited a Turtlepedia article. Oh. And I don't know if y'all have ever like read it beforehand and really let it sink in. And I don't know if it's all of them, because like when you're when we're reading it live, you're kind of like stuck in the haze, or at least I am, like the 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 rush of trying to get it all out. Um, mm-hmm. But reading it soberly, what I'll describe, my article's kind of busted. Like <laughs> some of them really are. Like, <laughs> like, and I'm no like I understand like my own synopsis as I write them and read them out. It's like what is I writing? But it's like they made one pass and they called it good. There's some too where like there will randomly be a stub in the middle of the season where it's like <laughs> like this whole synopsis is like Shredder and Krang try and get a crystal and the turtles stop them it's like well that's like 19 episodes <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one one synopsis where um, they had only written like so many of them and then it stopped that's why they just like mid episode. They're like, and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. <clears throat> Ready to go. All righty then. 